whether whether the younger generation isn't eager to learn or they feel like they can't ask, um, the the way that uh, the relationship was with me and my dad is that uh, he had me involved in in every aspect of the business. So when it came to the point uh, point in time to take over, I was very comfortable and very you know, prepared for it. I mean, <laughs> did I know everything? No, I'm still learning. Brand new things every day. Exactly. How you doing? Uh, I just have a water right now. Thank you. Thank you. And my wife's gonna be joining us in, in a few minutes. Oh, nice. But you might want to mic her. She she just gave a presentation at Etsy. On I got one more on uh, on delivering. Uh, oh my god. Customer, that would be customer experience. Or, uh, you should definitely mic her, dude. Yeah. We have one more mic. Perfect. That would be so cool. We're we're rolling right now, so. She's gonna get brought, and it's her birthday. So. Oh, it's your birthday. Yes. Happy birthday. Dirty, You're on a podcast. Dirty 30. <laughs> she said, oh. I really want a donut. I'm getting pretzels. I think I might do a Caesar now. Could, could, could we also do a Moscow Mule? I, 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 you don't have a Moscow Mule? Okay, well then. We used to, and no one ordered it for months and months. Oh, down. no. This was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's too bad. We were ahead of our time. Okay. <laughs> You got trendsetters. It's tough sometimes. Oh my god, I love you. You are amazing. <laughs> are you getting anything? Right, no, well, no. We've I'm got good. one more joining okay. us, but I'll let her order when she gets here. Yeah, I'll, wait. I'll wait for her. Yeah. Let's see. What what gate are we departing from here? We uh, probably C three. Is it just Chicago? Yes. Where are you going? You're going I Florida. think I'm going to. I'm yeah, direct to, to Orlando. So it's a. What you get? There's some insurance thing, and you're staying, right? Yep. So I was so half listening. Birth, birthday on the front end at Harry Potter That's right. World. Harry Potter. And I mean Harry Potter. Travelers TLC conference, Travelers. which is which is Sunday through um, Sunday through Wednesday. Are you a Harry Potter fan? Big, big Harry Potter. Hufflepuff, in case you're curious. Hufflepuff. I know very little about Harry Potter. So. Which phone is that? Pixel Two XL. You like it? Just got it, yeah. I'm gonna unmic so you don't hear that. Cool. That conversation. Uh, um, what's that? The Southwest oh. conversation. <laughs> if I come back with a donut, you'll know why I was gone so long. So you're in charge of the podcast feed? Oh yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. How many listeners do you guys get typically? Uh, so we do. We did about twenty-five thousand downloads last month. Monthly downloads? Yeah. That's good. We do about. Eight to nine hundred I mean, average an episode. Considering like it's yeah. a niche topic. Yeah, so every episode usually hits about eight hundred, nine hundred. Right. Want to get it to over a thousand, right. like just kind of in the short term. But I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, if you're. It's definitely one of our most popular vehicles. Right. For sure. Nice. Yeah, I know. I know. I listen to it all the time. What? I, mean, I listen to it all the time just because I'm in the car so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> no need to apologize. I think uh, no. The stuff that you guys put out is good, and for me, it's just like having those type of conversations top of mind all the time is yeah, it's helpful. Just kind of, yeah, and, yeah. It's, it's uh, sorry, my mom. My wife is texting me. No problem. Uh, you know that sort of thing. When you leave her home with three kids, it's like continue. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's it's it's. I don't know. I'm curious as to what you you know. It's like, is there anything that are we doing like enough value for you? Is there anything that you want to hear more of? I don't know. I don't know. I think I think you guys are putting out a ton of content. I mean, it, it's certainly not you know a more proposition. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, and I think you guys are kind of covering all the bases with the different format. So what's the word? Are you gonna be on time? Are you gonna make the connection? I'm all good. 
Um, I booked the best connection flight because I stay on the same plane. So I oh, basically sweet. can't miss my connection. Oh, <laughs> right. Unless I get off to get a donut, in which case I'm totally screwed. Self-sabotage. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's right. got a self-defeating personality disorder. <laughs> Dude, when it comes to the powdered sugar donuts, you never know. Like. So can you explain to me, you said your wife gave a presentation to... So she's a, uh, Etsy. Yeah. What does she do? So she manages the customer service team at Etsy. And so she, oh, she works at Etsy. Yep. So oh. um, uh, Etsy's around here. Yep. So I I live half an hour south of where we are now, and which uh, is the Albany Airport. Exactly. But the uh, my wife works 15 minutes away from us, and uh, Etsy has a hundred person customer service office, which we got super is that lucky. Big? Wow. Because. Yeah. Uh, uh, we both lived in Washington, D.C. before uh, I was working for Liberty Mutual down in Washington, D.C. Uh, my dad asked me to come back and join the family agency. And so I moved I moved home before uh, uh, we were still dating at the time. We got engaged before uh, before I asked her to move up. Yeah. But one of the real struggles was, you know, what, she, what was she going to do in kind of the Albany area? Uh, she had a good healthcare consulting job in, in Washington, D.C., worked remotely for a little while. But having you know a hundred-person Etsy office within 15 miles of our house, I mean there there are 3,000 people in our town. So I mean there's not like a lot of like big good employers around. So that was really a godsend to have. To have I that. need you. To, I need you to explain this to me because I've seen this a lot. The families and in insurance. Yep. But the kid goes and works at a company or somewhere else outside of the business, the family agency. Sure. What is that? What was that process like? So, process? so for me, it was initially it was my dad trying to line up, you know, jobs for me at different carriers that we represent. So, yeah. you know, uh, some of the you know local, you know, regional mutual companies and yeah. things like that. Some have like a management trainee program and things like that that kind of show you different sides of the business. But uh, those are also in rural parts of New York. Right after I graduated college, so yeah. it wasn't super appealing. So I ended up uh, uh, just applying on my job as a sales personal line sales representative at Liberty Mutual. Uh, I think the big appeal for most uh, most people, uh, you know, why agency owners want their kids to work elsewhere before coming back Get is a taste. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of two prong. One, typically agencies aren't very good at training. Um, so, so if you can outsource that to a you know a company like Liberty Mutual, who has a process, who has don't the don't tell them that. Don't tell oh, them that. Sorry. <laughs> It, well, it, it, during my interview process, I basically got grilled by the area manager, basically like, yeah. are you going to work here for a year and then like go leave and work for your dad? And I was like, no. It'll <laughs> be two. Fingers crossed, It'll be two. It'll be two. Yeah, it, It'll was be like a, it was like two. a year and a half. Solid two. But, uh, but, the other, but the other side of it is I think that uh, it kind of goes back to that whole nepotism thing, too. But if you come into the agency right away without any insurance experience, one, you're super young, and the, the kind of like more hawkish people in the agency might try to kind of you know, put you down for not having any uh, knowledge or experience. That if you can kind of arm yourself with some of that, it puts you in a better, a more solid footing. So I think they're kind of multiple reasons. Yeah, absolutely. You said you had a pretty solid team coming back into your agency. So did you have like any issues with 
you know, people putting you down? What? Luckily not. I mean, I one I got a really good training at Liberty Mutual, so I started out in a personalized sales role at the agency as well, and that kind of morphed into you know being the youngest guy in the agency. I was kind of the de facto automation guy. I think that happens a lot too. You know, you kind of come in and you see the state of things, and you're like, oh, well, we could probably do this differently. We could probably do that differently. So. My role kind of more and more morphed into a, an automation operations type role too, and I think one of the things that helped me a lot was uh, not not necessarily on the sales side, you know, but on the uh, operations and the automation side. I think I helped make a lot of improvements in the agency that made people's workflows and lives easier. So that kind of got me some some brownie points in, in for for a lot of the people there, and kind of showed that you know. Just had a bigger picture view and kind of knew knew what I was doing. Yeah. yeah, if you can make somebody's job more efficient, they're gonna, I mean, they're gonna bend over backwards for it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, uh, a lot of stuff on, uh, you know, just CSR workflows, but even our admin staff, I completely read it the way that we do reporting, so that uh, you know, what used to be probably you know a half day task now takes probably an hour to to do all of our end of month reporting and that type of stuff. It's, it's neat to hear that you guys are so focused on processes, too. Um, one of the things that I noticed about GNN insurance, you know, that they're kind of like the, it's like the hot topic, right? There's always sort of a wave of an agency or two that's like the hot topic for a sure. while. So their big thing, besides like being business owners outside of the agency and having a strong foundation and base of realtors and partnerships is they're so focused on process. That's the only way that they can do what they do. So it's really cool to hear that you guys are zeroed in on that, you know? I mean Yeah, definitely. It's, and it's an area it's an area that we probably are above average in the the industry, but it's yeah. still an area where we could always improve on. I think yeah. that's one of the things about GNN that I think everybody kind of admires so much is that you know they're probably the most entrepreneurial you know uh, group of you know in the independent agency system. So I think you know when you look at a Starbucks or you look at a McDonald's or you look at you know uh, other organizations, the, the most successful ones are very process driven. So it's not something that's exclusive to insurance, but you know by focusing on processes, one it makes training easier, you're setting up an if-then, you know, kind of process for people to go through, uh, and it kind of frees everybody's mental capacity up. If you're going through through a checklist, you're not being overwhelmed by the emotions of, oh, am I doing this right? Am I, you know, am I going to get fired? Or, you know, you know, what repercussions if I make a bad decision? It's like, no, I mean, if you followed the, the process and it didn't work, then we might have to modify the process, but, I mean, there's... So, so it takes the emotion out of it. It, it, it. it gives everybody accountability on the same page. This is, you know, what we're working towards. And I think, you know, in the long run, it frees everybody up. Yeah, hundred percent. How's? Go ahead. No. Go ahead. I was gonna say, how's she doing on time? How am? How is she doing on time? Is she, she coming? Is. Oh, she, there she is. There you go. Hi. Yes. So excited. Mic her up. I mean, I'm excited to talk to you, dude. But right. as soon as I heard, I present. She presented on. And it's her birthday. Experience. Is she gonna, like enjoy this? Like, is she, does she like being like? I think so. What's up? Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. 
Good to see you. This is oh, Sydney hi, and, and Joey. Hi, nice to meet you. And, and we're, we're on a podcast. <laughs> do you want me to give her my mic? You got one, an extra one? So how do you feel one. about joining this? Uh... Whatever we're doing. We're just having well, a casual conversation. This convo where we awkwardly have microphones attached to our bodies. I get yelled at a lot of times just because I want to record everything. Yeah. Well, it's really funny to like first meeting somebody and then just being like, here's a microphone. Here's a microphone. <laughs> Here you go. How's, uh, how's they, the... They don't have Moscow Mule system. It's the very sad fact. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> They're ahead of their time on that one. So we've already heard a lot of good things about um, Etsy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was saying how you just gave a presentation. So a little context. Sydney and Joey work at Agency Nation, okay. which, which is kind of like a, uh, they help independent insurance agents with digital marketing and uh, some other tactics. But better human beings, right? Just exactly. I think just in, just in general. Yep. But, but so they, one of the uh, things that they do, they do a lot of video marketing, but they also uh, have a podcast that has, what, four shows a week, something like that? We do six now, Matt. Six. Thanks for coming. Man, I can't keep up. <laughs> no, we just well, we're at six a week right now. Goal is to get to seven. So, so uh, I think I've talked to you about Ryan Hanley before. He his family owns uh, no, Murray Group up, his in, wife. up in Albany, and so uh, they they work with Ryan. There, so we're all hanging out, having a few beers at a Mexican restaurant. And they're flying home. Uh, so we're keeping the conversation oh, wow. going. Cleveland. Awesome. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> but they were intrigued not to put you on the spot oh, yeah. with, with the microphone. Uh, I mean, he made it sound like you were like ready for this. So, like, I, I know. If, yeah, if, he, like, if he misspoke, if he misspoke, feel free punch him in the face, and he can slap either one of us. <laughs> cool. Uh, but I was saying how uh, you you gave a presentation at Etsy on the effortless experience. Oh, really fast. Also, yes. I heard that you do yoga. Yes, I do. Yeah, I brought oh. my yoga mat with me. Oh my so. god, that's amazing. Yeah. Just <laughs> oh, yeah, we should have said happy birthday when she said that. That was not very nice. I know. You're oh, right. don't worry about it. I keep forgetting that it's the big, actually big my three birthday. zero. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. Okay. All, yeah. Right. Yeah. All, all right. All right. Good. Yeah. All right. Your youthful bliss. Yeah. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. I know. I was just reading a blog today, and it's like nine podcasts to listen to in your twenties, and I was like, I guess I shouldn't even read this article. <laughs> what a waste of time. I know. Yeah. So anyway, so customer experience. Yes. So how long have you been with Etsy? I've been with Etsy four years as well. Started doing yoga when I started working at Etsy, so it's like easy to remember the two. We used to have a yoga class at Etsy every week, so that's what got me into it. But yeah, so I've been working at Etsy for four years, and I started out as a customer service agent, and then I moved on to the quality assurance team, so just reviewing our emails with our members, making sure that all of our members were getting a consistent experience. Um, and now I'm a manager of a um, customer support team. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's been fun. Why? When did they like? What was the reason for the whole presentation and customer experience theme? Are you guys yeah. trying to make a intentional move towards customer experience? Yeah. So the past few years, we've been focusing on just making sure that we're getting back to our members as quickly as possible. That was like a little bit of a struggle for us when I first started working there. We just didn't have good resources in place to make sure that we are like consistently getting back to people within 24 hours. And now that our teams have really nailed that, we're really focusing on the customer experience and making sure that it's the best that it can 
and possibly be. So, um, yeah, really, we started measuring customer experience about two years ago, and for the first year or so, we were just getting on the data and not really doing anything with it, and we were just like, oh, if someone has a bad experience, like, you know, it's because of the product or, you know, their experience with the seller on the site. And then in the past year, we've really started taking ownership of that customer experience, thinking about how to make it better. So we had a manager offsite this week where I gave a presentation on the effortless experience. Because a huge part of our role is um, working with, we're kind of the liaison between buyers and sellers on the site. So there's a lot of times when there's actually nothing that we can do to help the member, it's on the seller to help them. So in those situations, my presentation was on, in those situations when there's nothing that you can actually do, how can you present that information to the member to make it feel like you're still on their side, you're still helping them out, even though there's nothing really that you can do. Which, it, I mean, actually plays off to an insurance agent perspective pretty well because that happens to us all the time from like a situation where a carrier denies a claim. So we, we get in the same situation where it's really nothing that we can do about except be their advocate through that process and, and really try to sympathize and empathize and work with them as, yep. as much as possible. So is it like timing in terms of when you reach home. out? <laughs> um, it's, you guys are killing me. You're killing me, dude. <laughs> um, it's a lot of just how you're phrasing things. So I read the book, The Effortless Experience, and then I gave a presentation on just one of the chapters. and. Um, just some of the techniques that they talked about is when you're in that situation when there's nothing you can do, there's like three main ways that you can present your email or your conversation with the person over the phone to make it feel a little bit better. Um, the first one being um, anchoring, so giving them, giving them a few different options. So instead of just being like, this is the situation, you have the option to do this one thing, which is not a great option. You give them a few different options and kind of help them weigh the pros and cons of each one. So that way they feel like they have a choice in the matter. Um, you can also work on advocacy. So how do you make it seem like you're on the person's side when you're talking to them? So instead of just being like, oh, there's nothing that I can do in this situation, you can be like, I absolutely understand how frustrating this is. I've passed this feedback along to this person. Um, and then the last one is positivity. So there's research that shows that when someone gets a no, um, getting that no or that rejection registers in their brain the same way as physical pain. And when you hear a no, it reduces your ability to reason by about 30%. So when you're working in customer service and you use negative language, it has a really strong impact on the customer. So instead of using no or like I can't, presenting the person with the things that you can do. So um, instead of saying like we can't do this, you can be like I can offer you this in lieu of this type of thing. So um, those are kind of the three main strategies. That hey Matt, thanks for coming so we could talk to your wife. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. I'm happy to make the answer. Sorry, I'm word vomiting a lot. No, I just <laughs> gave no, this that, that was like uh, like this was like so like I say that because. Um, we have a customer service problem is probably a strong word, but like, mm -hmm. like just even just thinking about like not saying no, right? Like yep. just like eliminating that like isn't even on like isn't even a part of a conversation in most agencies. Would you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, I would. I mean, I think uh, so. Yeah, no, you're doing very well. Thank you. <laughs> Killing it. Um, 
But no, I, I totally agree. And I think it is something that a lot of insurance agents, you know, kind of struggle with well. And I think it kind of goes back to a training problem. You know, I don't think, I think you know, as an industry, uh, it certainly is agencies being small business owners. Yeah. A lot of times we don't have, you know, the tools that are disposable to kind of uh, learn the effective management techniques or go through, take time out of our day to kind of do some more proactive things. Um, not that we shouldn't, it's just one of those things that as an industry we don't do uh, a really great great job on currently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's cool to hear insight from a couple, you know, you guys have so much, well, I won't say so much, because how big is Etsy? Like, in terms of employees or yeah. members on the site? Employees, uh, I think we're like around 2,000. I could be totally wrong Are about that. Are you kidding me? That's yeah. a ton. Yeah, it's a lot. And We've it's grown a global a company too. So how did people take what you were telling them? Were they receptive to it? Oh yeah, no problem. We could totally implement that. Or was it sort of a, t you know, did you have to be very intentional about how you presented it so that they were mm -hmm. more receptive and Definitely. Um, so I was presenting to a group of managers, not the frontline staff, okay. and I framed it as, because um, these are common problems that we talk about all the time, so I framed it more as how do we empower frontline staff when they run into these situations. One of the big things that we face is with customer service, it's really easy to get burnt out if you're constantly telling people no and delivering bad news and you feel like you're not actually helping members. So I presented it more of like, if we can help our frontline staff take on these techniques and not see a situation where there's nothing we can do as like, well, my hands are tied and there's nothing we can do, um, you're helping to empower that agent a lot more and just be ultimately more um, excited about their job. So people yeah. were pretty into that. And at the end, we took, I think, three common scenarios where we have to tell people no and they score really low on customer satisfaction. We split up into different groups and talked through like, what we are doing now and then how we could do it differently based on this research and it was it was nice to see people put it into effect but it is really hard to do yeah. to get yourself out of that mindset of telling people no. So one question I have for you because this is something that I've learned because my girlfriend works for Sleep Number not oh, cool. close to as company. big. You never said Sleep Number. Sleep Number, yeah. The company so said mattresses. Yeah, yeah. So um, they're like a very health focused company but yeah. they're 350 people or so. That's it? Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah I would have thought they would be bigger. 400, yeah. No, they're a very lean company. That's what she always says. I guess. Which is funny. She says, yeah, I work for a small company. Just and I'm like, <laughs> okay. That has like national brand recognition. Let's, let's, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I have, we have like 32 people who work at TC.com. So yeah, let's right. just pump the brakes on small. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's nice, honey. <laughs> so, what I've learned though from hearing her stories is that to go from idea to full-on implementation takes a lot longer than you would actually think. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about literally retraining the way people talk and their soft skills and stuff. But a lot of, you know, one of the things that, uh, that you guys were talking about, about not being able to directly help and make the person feel like you're helping more, like yes. even if it's a situation where your hands are kind of tied. We had one uh, last week where uh, an endorsement got processed wrong with the uh, with a carrier that led to somebody's uh, license getting suspended. Uh, it wasn't anything that the agency did, it was something on the carrier side, and this person works for the post office. 
they have a monitoring system. As soon as the suspension happened, they weren't able to come in for three days until it got fixed. And that person had to take personal time off of work, of which they don't have a lot. So it was a situation where the carrier wasn't able to make a direct payment, you know, for the, you know, their lost time or, you know, whatever the situation was, or they were unwilling to, even though we uh, asked them to help out to kind of uh, fix the situation, they were unwilling to do that. So um, so the uh, customer service representative in our office kind of you know, brought it to my attention, explained the situation. So, uh, you know, I wrote a handwritten note to, to the um, to the customer basically just saying that, you know, uh, apologizing for the experience that they had, explaining that it wasn't indicative of the customer, you know, uh, of the, you know, the carrier that they're usually good to work with, even though that's no consolation, you know, for what, what you had to go through. And then, you know, gave a, you know, gift certificate to a local restaurant, you know, and I said, you know, that doesn't make up for the experience that you had, but this is just kind of a gesture of, you know, uh, recognizing that you didn't have the best experience. So that is How did they respond to that? A, really, really well. I mean, yeah. you know, the, during during that process, you know, the person was uh, kind of un understandably a little frantic and just wanting to get the situation um, resolved. So it wasn't necessarily that they were mad at us or, you know, the customer service representative, but the customer service representative did a great job. Um, but, um, you know, at the end, you know, they were very, you know, thankful that, you know, we were on their side during that. So, in your opinion, like, it just seems that that's the time that an insurance agent would really shine. Now, when I was working for my dad, I didn't have a lot of opportunity to see a lot of those types of situations because I was really on the sales side. So, I, I just wasn't around long enough to see enough of my, you know, the people that I had sold, like, stay you know, have that sure. life, long shelf life and then ultimately see some of those tough situations and then handle them and be a part of that. Um, it just seems like that's really where it is, it is shine, is like being the person that somebody can lean on in a really tough time. Yeah. I mean... And, and we pride ourselves on being able to fix problems, but in that situation we weren't able to. You know, other, other situations, we had one the other day where there was, uh, you know, earlier in the month there was a bad snowstorm heavy snow, a lot of down limbs, took down a power line in somebody's house uh, that caused a power surge, um, but the tree that fell down and the power line where it was located was on somebody else's property. The carrier denied it for an exclusion of uh, utility failure away from the residence premises. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with all the details of the exclusion okay. and what the, what the policy language actually said, but we, they, the carrier initially issued a denial on the claim. So we, we got involved, got it up, up the ladder, you know, explained how we were interpreting the policy language, that it was kind of ambiguous, and ended up getting it covered for, for the client. So we prefer those situations when we can actually you know, come up with a solution, but we, we do believe strongly in being an advocate for our, for our customers, and yeah. it's one of those things where if we are, you know, an all else equal, you know, situation where we're coming up against a direct writer or a captive, you know, that we feel, you know, we can speak with conviction about the, the value that we actually bring because we we see it on a you know routine basis. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, that's so cool. Yeah.